In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to Uncharted Territory. Uncharted Territory. This is the first online church service uh, that I've ever been a part of. Uh, maybe that's an oxymoron, I don't know. Uh, but it is uncharted territory for us right here, as maybe, uh, and no doubt, this last week has been uncharted territory for you who are watching. It is uncharted territory to say that we are in the midst of a global pandemic. That word used not metaphorically or as hyperbole, but as uh, from the World Health Organization itself. Now, the purpose of this brief sermon is not to um, trot out uh, a, a new solution to the pandemic, but simply to discuss perhaps some of the, the spiritual elements that are, uh, that are attendant to it, that are a part of it, because it is not really just a pandemic of, of, of infection and disease. What we are dealing with today is also a pandemic of fear. That is what has been unleashed. You see, no one knows what's going to happen. Um, no one knows what's going to happen health-wise. Uh, no one knows what's going to happen um, e economically, financially. Globally, things are feeling very unstable, and that uncertainty is frightening. Um, the situation feels very much out of control. Uh, and in the, the collect for today, in fact, for the third Sunday of Lent, we, id, we, we come clean. We say that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. That's the exact line out of the Book of Common Prayer. And yet so often that is not as uh, felt as viscerally, and in fact as painfully as it is this week, to have no power or to feel powerless to help oneself, to, to scramble for toilet paper or whatever it is to maintain some sense of control, even though it feels uh, just fleeting. But it's not merely a pandemic of fear. Uh, this pandemic has also unleashed a pandemic of disappointment. One of my friends calls it a pandemic of disappointment. And by that, we're talking about, yes, uh, kids who've had sports seasons canceled and don't really understand what's going on. Uh, we, have, we have college students who are not allowed to go, go back and, and have their final fling, perhaps, in college. Uh, you have international students here in Charlottesville. We have international students who are, who are disappointed that they cannot go home, and they're here. And yet there is also, uh, there's a range. I mean, there are weddings that are having to be postponed. There are, there are people who are not allowed to have funerals in churches. Uh, there's, it's even more than that, though. It's a pandemic of, of hardship because uh, not just for those of us who are scared, what about those whose, whose livelihoods, uh, hourly workers, for example, restaurant workers, those who are in the healthcare um, fields, um, and indeed, uh, the elderly, those who are most at risk, who are disproportionately affected by this. It is a pandemic of disappointment. Uh, but more than that, it's a pandemic of grief. Um, we are already so lonely as a society that to then, uh, on top of that, to be told that we need to engage in social distancing, wise and prudent as it sounds, and even mandatory as it is, that uh, if, if you're a person who struggles with loneliness, well, then you know that that is 
that is, that is almost a sentence rather than a suggestion. And thirdly, we have not only a pandemic of fear and of disappointment and grief, but we have a pandemic of judgment, a pandemic of judgment, meaning, meaning we, we're judging other people, uh, and it's, it's, not, it's not pretty. We judge, you know, people for being too afraid, or we judge people for not being afraid enough. We judge those for, for responding uh, correctly or those who are not responding well enough. We judge, uh, you know, um, who's compassionate and who they're compassionate for. The, the clean versus the unclean. We're in a very kind of an, we've been thrust into New Testament, almost Old Testament categories overnight. Writing in the New York Times this morning, David Brooks uh, was talking about how some disasters like hurricanes and earthquakes, they bring people together. But if history is any judge, then pandemics generally drive them apart both physically and emotionally. You can't, don't, don't stand so close to me. Uh, you know, we need to be distant. These are crisising, uh, these are crises, excuse me, these are crises in which social distancing becomes a virtue. Dread overwhelms the normal bonds of human affection. Brooks goes on in this article to discuss the, the, uh, the terrible flu uh, pandemic of 1918, which uh, Mary Lou has actually referenced a few Sundays ago. Um, and what he notes is that when it was over, people didn't really talk about it. Uh, uh, many multiples of people died, uh, you know, an X factor of people died uh, in that pandemic than in World War I. And yet people didn't talk about it, perhaps because they didn't like who they became during that pandemic. It was a shameful memory and therefore suppressed. I remember, I think Daniel Defoe talks about a, uh, uh, a pandemic in London and saying how immediately uh, neighbors were divorced from neighbors and warmth uh, evaporated, and that is part of the tragedy of such a thing. Well, today, the text that we've read, that we've heard Amanda read from Exodus, does not have an answer to the coronavirus. Uh, there, the Christian response is simply to, to listen to the voices who know better, to wash your hands, not to touch your face, um, to engage in this very same social distancing. That is the best way to serve one's neighbor, to not congregate, maybe even to do online church services. Instead, the Old Testament reading uh, recounts an episode that has more than a couple points of resonance with our situation. So bear with me. This is a point in the book of Exodus where the, the Israelites themselves are in uncharted territory. You see, they've been delivered from slavery in Egypt, and they're wandering the desert. They don't know where they're going, and they're hungry, and more than that, they're thirsty. They've run out of water, and the anxiety level uh, amongst the, the, the traveling crowd is rising. This anxiety level manifests itself in disappointment, Disappointment in Moses, and most of all, disappointment in God. And in their panic, uh, they judge. They, they do more than judge. They blame. They decide they're going to take it out on Moses himself, that Moses will be their scapegoat. Uh, Moses is, uh, reads the tea leaves. He hears them loud and clear, and he goes to God, and he says, they're ready to stone me. 
They're furious. They were asking to go back to slavery in Egypt. Um, and they're, they're here, they're, they're doubting the God that delivered them from oppression and captivity. They're not only that, they're testing God. They put God on trial. And there's this question that's posed at the end to, to commemorate the place. This question is, is the Lord among us or not? Is the Lord among us or not? Now, what God, how God responds in this situation is, I think, quite instructive. And more than that, it's deeply comforting. He does not deal with them according to their um, complaint. He does not deal with them according to perhaps their entitlement. Uh, he does not strike them down or teach them a lesson they'll never forget. In fact, although they have lost patience with God, God has not lost patience with this panicked, faithless group of people. And instead, he provides a way forward where there is no way. And how he does this by saying, go to the rock of Horeb and bring some elders with you. Now, if you're going to look for water, you're going to look in the valleys. You're not going to look on top of rocks. You're not going to go to the, to the heights. And you're especially not going to, to try to find water in something that is solid like that. Uh, but in this instance, water uh, arrives from the least likely place. You see, Moses goes to this rock and he takes that same staff um, that he had used at the Nile and he, he, he strikes the rock almost in judgment, and um, water gushes forth. He goes to the hard place, the unexpected place, and you see, uh, again, the only time you'd look for water at the Rock of Horeb is when you've looked everywhere else, when your only hope is something extraordinary, something miraculous. This kind of enforced surrender manifests itself as uh, almost as absurdity, but it was what we would actually call faith. Now, in the same way, you and I, who've been thrust into this odd and very anxious uh, moment, uh, we do. We do everything that's in our control to prepare, to shield our neighbors, to, to wash our hands, to protect our children, to love our community. But ultimately, uh, a pandemic is out of our control. We can, when we reach the spot, the, the place where the Israelites have sort of reached, where the fear, the anxiety is such that it's, it's become clear that uh, the situation is out of their hands, well, then God is the only option where human ingenuity has failed, where human short-sightedness, perhaps, has brought uh, consequences that were unintended. God is the only thing that will do. And in their case, as in ours, this need is not theoretical. God, they, they actively need God, just like you and I actively need God. And yet, therein, I think, also lies the comfort you see, the ultimate source of God's grace is the ultimate hard place, the place we would never look for it, which is the cross of Christ, the crucified Son of God, who was put on trial, who was tested, who was blamed, and yet did not uh, strike back. This Jesus 
who did heal lepers, who, who contracted the contagion of guilt and sin. This Jesus, we are told, he drinks the cup of judgment in full. And yet in his resurrection from the dead, the disappointment of his followers is reversed. The grief of the entire human race is swallowed up in total on Easter Sunday. You see, Jesus Christ has overcome more than fear. He has overcome death itself. And so, when we ask, as we should, as we can't not help but ask, is the Lord among us in our uncharted territory? Is the Lord here or not? The answer comes back from the Bible, from the rock of Horeb, and from the cross of Christ, that yes, God is here, and yes, God is coming, and yes, God has redeemed you and me, not only from fear, disappointment, and grief, but from death itself. Amen.